Welcome to the Brothers of Legacy. Uh, we appreciate you guys for being here. Blessings, Lisa. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate you guys for being here. Um, and all my podcast people listening. Oh, all right. Coming to the stage right now. All the way from Kankakee to California to Okinawa, Japan. Hey. In the building. Good morning, sir. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy, Happy Monday, Monday my brother. Happy sir. Monday. Welcome back, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So today we are discussing living with the consequences. Living with the consequences. And mainly um, living with the consequences of our actions. And the things that we do, and basically the perspective of how we have to kind of process and deal with. Yes, indeed, Kathy. It is Monday. It is Monday. Uh oh, <laughs> did we lose you, Kadeem? Oh, um, hey, Mama Corey. Great morning to you. Greetings, greetings. Um, Hello, mother. So make sure you share. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Uh, make sure you are tagging other people if you're in the Facebook space and let everybody know that the brothers are in the building. All right. So like I said, today we're talking about living with consequences. Um, some any some of the things, the decisions we've made that we've had to, well, pretty much every decision. I think <laughs> every decision has a, a consequence, <laughs> whether it's an action or an inaction. <laughs> like, I ain't doing nothing. And then the kind of just... Tries to fall fall apart. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. All right. So, like I said, today we're going to discuss some of the the aspects of our lives that, um, how we kind of processed dealing with the consequences, and let's like let's talk about work or in the in the workspace or financial decisions that we've made. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told the story about the, the job I had for like one day. <laughs> one day. At a job, one day. You know, because at because at the end of the shift, right, I was working at this plant that made the wrappings for soda bottles. You know, so that plastic wrap that's around the soda bottles, you know, like Pepsi and Coke and stuff like that. So I was working in that plant. I think I was with well, I was like janitor or something, doing cleanup. You know, and it's a big plant, so you kind of everything is industrial. So it wasn't like sweeping, but like a big room. You know, it, was, it wasn't hard work. <laughs> it was more mechanical than anything. And at the end of the shift, it was. It, I got it through a temp agency. So at the end of the shift, my man was like, "So," and it was Friday. I'm twenty-ish, early twenty-ish, just perspective. <laughs> hey, it's Friday. He's like, "Hey, so am I gonna see you this weekend?" My default answer was like, nah, chief, I see you on Monday. <laughs> Not realizing the question was rhetorical. <laughs> I thought it was an actual question. It was, 
No, I will see you on Monday. <laughs> you know, see you on on Saturday. You know, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. You know, and but I'd already said, "Nah, Chief, I'm gonna be here. I'll be here on Monday." So he didn't say anything. I get a call from the temp agency. You know, just before cell phones, um, or before you know, cell phones were affordable. <laughs> so I get a call on Monday, like, or um, was it that Saturday? That Saturday, because I think the temp place was open. It's like, hey. Did you say you didn't want to work anymore? <laughs> I said, I was like, what you mean? I, I told him I'll see you on Monday. This job is for Saturday, too. <laughs> I was like, uh, mm. <laughs> well, my bad. <laughs> you know, can I? He was like, nah, we already filled it because, you know, my man was hot. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't say that to me because, you know, when you deal with tip agencies, like, you know what? I didn't have to deal with you. I'm going to go deal with the <laughs> You know, let them do the, the heavy lifting of letting you go. <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, I, consequences, you know, to their actions. You know, that's small, but it's like those moments where you have an opportunity and you go for the comfort as opposed to going towards the the work that it takes to become something, you know. Um, and for me, I was like, I was young. Weekends, that's my time. <laughs> that's it's my time, you know. Oh, realizing no, it's not. It's not how this works. Uh, so, what are some of the decisions you've made, like in your life, um, that 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 had immediate effects? You know, like I talked about the job. Like, even if it was small, it was like, or even if it was like small, but man, had I made a better choice, you know, my life financially, at least. I might have been in a different space, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like like a meeting you might have had and you're meeting with somebody that probably could have shifted your life at that moment, but you said something like real dumb. <laughs> and you're like, dang it. <laughs> My one shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like, ooh, he was like the captain of that industry. His his word alone <laughs> would have took me from here to like here, you know. And, and not to, and, and just as a disclaimer, this is not about us living in regret, you know, but we know those twists and turns in life had I, I taken the time to like check the oil a little more. <laughs> my, my car wouldn't have <laughs> locked up the engine, you know, like just small little things, you know, like like I real quick while you're kind of thinking like there was a time we was in North Carolina. And I think I got my oil changed because I, I think they did it. I don't think I did it. And they didn't put, I think they changed the antifreeze or did something, but they didn't put any antifreeze in there. And I had a feeling it wasn't in there. But, you know, we drove, car overheated, and, and pretty much it was no good. And I think Sam was starting some, uh, working at, at um, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like, there was some opportunities about to open up. But because I jacked the car up, <laughs> it just... You know, what what became just like a little, maybe some work to get become became like this. This is life. <laughs> You're like, oh, how did I get back having to go up this hill again? You know, so, but small things like where our life would have been had, you know, the car not get messed up. You feel what I'm saying? Like small things, <laughs> small things that you think, man, I would be at least financially here. And I and and like I said again, we're not talking about regret, but we just talking about living with the consequences because now you got to get back, got to figure it out. <sighs> now I got to get back to normal, 
<laughs> so now so I can launch myself into the next level. Um, so what what kind of situation have you ever been in where like thinking back, you're like, I just made the wrong move that had I just had a level head spoke slowly, <laughs> you know, instead of jumping so quickly, you know, I would have helped an opportunity. <laughs> man okay you said it ain't regret I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, I mean like I'm trying like, to separate them you know what I'm saying like I mean it's 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 always you always think about what you could have done right um but and you it's it's oh I don't know it's like okay to like have a regretful like moment, but not living in it. You know what I'm saying? Like every time something go bad, you go back to like, man, I should have, I should have just, you know, like, you know, living in that, that moment. Whereas you just kind of think about certain things that had the consequences that shifted, you know, and it might've well, been a blessing though, because the consequence is just a result of an action. I'm going to give you mine. But um, what I think about when I talk, when you say live with the consequences, mm-hmm. So I'd probably say in my early 30s. So I'm I'm coming out of my, I guess, my adolescence and my, my early 20s where I'm reckless and I'm making that transition into my, uh, I guess, the maturation of Kaneem Curvey. Okay. And I was just still, I wasn't, in the streets, but I was still smoking weed. I was still drinking. I was still, you know, doing drugs or whatever. So I got this job uh, and it was a good job. You know what I'm saying? It was fair wages or whatever, but it wasn't all that. But I still wasn't taking care of my body. So I'm doing a lot to corrupt my body. Okay. And 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 you know that what they what some people say, I ain't gonna say all people say. Right. They say that your body is your temple, right? So right. take care of your, you know. Okay. So but with this good job, I had all these benefits. Okay. Across the board. I mean medical, dental, uh life, um, 401k, nice. uh, pension, company match, all that. So, But I still had my same lifestyle while I had this good job. You feel me? Right. So we ended up, anyway, um, living the life of a bachelor. You know, I got money. I got, you know, things and all that. And then I get sick. And the reason I get sick, because I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. So I had all this these benefits, but wasn't using none of them mm. for my health. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 using everything for you know um, material things and, and entertainment, <laughs> but none for my health. Right. What's up, Richard? All right, brother Richard. Brother Richard. <laughs> so make a long story short. Well, I'm gonna compress it. I ain't gonna make it short. I'm just gonna compress it. Not like that. I good. So anyway, got all this stuff going on. And one thing I, I had to live with the consequences was was that I never really checked like how you talking about that all and 
and the, and the antifreeze, and you ain't you felt like you should have, but you right. didn't check, <clears throat> and you had to live with the consequences of not checking. So I I had high blood pressure and didn't know it because mm, okay. I had never broken a bone, never you know had any type of uh-huh. major injuries, never been you know in any type of accident that would warrant me to go to the hospital or something like that, right? Right. But when it caught up to me, I had had blood pressure for a long time. So yeah, right. I'm and I I think I know I told y'all the story about. Being at LA Fitness, working out, and then you know just doing my thing, and I'm come out of there and I'm throwing up cold water and just that and the third, trying to figure out what's going on. Wow. Go and give me a physical because I ain't know what this is my now. This is my first physical since playing football in high school, now. and I'm in and I'm in my thirties. I got so. you. I'm with you. I'm with you. A lot of happening. You know so this is my I'm first physical, and and then and then it was free because I had all these benefits. Right. So I get that first physical, man, and they tell me I got all these issues. I got high blood pressure. Uh, uh, my creatinine levels are through the roof. Mm. Um, uh, what what did the, what did the lady call it? Uh, I got chronic. Uh, renal failure, you know what I'm saying? So they wow. they, they didn't did everything, took, took, took me to the back. I got surgery, wake up with all these tubes in me. Right. Now, now I've got a lifeline, kind of almost like it is right now, but not right. quite. So I, I would say that's probably one of the consequences I had to deal with, and I had to deal with that for 11 years. Mm, right. But that was a long time of dealing with consequences, and right. it was on my mind for. Eleven y'all, like you said, regret. I said, well, we had all these benefits. We had all these opportunities to get this thing checked, and all you had to do was go to the doctor. And when you found out you had high blood pressure, you could have took one little old pill, and your life would have been so much different than it is right now. Right. But you would, but you was out there just balling, thinking you was some type of superstar with your little check instead of you going. <laughs> Instead of you going to the doctor every month or every six months or whatever, at least once you're so. Right. Oh, that's my little story about living with consequences. I'm going to pass the mic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's big. That is. Well, that is big. I'm going to go back to something you said in the beginning when you opened, when you first started, you said somebody said, or some people say about your body being a temple. Uh, you're right. The Apostle Paul said it. Right. <laughs> it's in the Bible. First Corinthians chapter six. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and not right. your own. Right. You are bought with a price. Right. Uh, I just want to let you know you was right on with that. Right. <laughs> right. What's some look? And, and, and God said it through Paul. Um, and I've had that similar mistakes made in my life, man health wise mm-hmm. uh, i just heard a comedian <laughs> this comedian say uh this guy patrice he said uh there's a difference when men the, the difference between men and women is women will go to great lengths to take care of their men when we're sick um and men are different because we just don't love y'all like y'all love us <laughs> 
that's, that's a side that's issue. That's a hard way to look at it. <laughs> he said when men get sick and we got aches and pains and we're going through stuff, coughing or whatever, women be like, oh, poor baby, come here, let me help you. And we <coughs> they all and women catch what you got. Your wife or your woman will. But when your woman gets sick, men be like, ugh. <laughs> Let me know when you feel better. Uh-uh. You still gonna be able to cook? <laughs> it was funny. Sorry, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm getting off track here. It was a it was a joke. The comedian, said. <laughs> the jokey joke, the jokey yeah, joke. jokey joke. Uh, <laughs> it's just jokes. Um, but you, when you ask the question, Ad, I'm like, man, living with consequences that are not regrettable. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hard to separate, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't, you got to help me out with that one, bro. I need some clarity. <laughs> um, and again, we're talking about those, the, the things that we view as as mistakes in our lives. In you a know, sense, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, because I'm saying I got a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. just a lot of them, like, which category? Use like money, health. I, I, I have them in every area. Right. You know, uh, Left when I should have went right, or right when I should have went left. But right. one, one in uh, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Friday. Uh, I think about one instance. I was at a Christmas party for work, and I had been at the company. I don't know, maybe six months, and people were really impressed with my level of professionalism, my ability to do my job, my level of knowledge, and. Uh, so we were at this Christmas party and my wife was with me and I'll never forget that our, this was a team of engineers and support people. And, and my director was up saying something to the group and okay. I came, I was coming from the bathroom and I came up behind my director. And while my director was talking, I stood behind the director and I was, you know, making hand motions and playing behind the director's head and everybody started laughing and it was a joke, and the director turned around like, "Oh, Brian, <laughs> I didn't know you were funny like that." <laughs> Hold on, let, let me pause real quick. You ever feel like, as a manager, they folks go to sarcastic class, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, get you with that gut punch. You like right. Because that's exactly what it was. I was like having fun. I'm thinking that it was fun, but the director was actually embarrassed and was like, oh, (laughs) yeah. And, and the, and the response, and I'm like, and everybody started laughing and clapping and all that. And I got to my seat and I told my wife, that was a mistake. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I was in line for increase or promotion, elevation or whatever before that moment. Right. But if I was, that moment killed it. Right. You know, uh, slow your progress down. That was it. I mean, I didn't lose my job or anything, but right. things changed. Right. There were there. My, my director didn't make jokes anymore. It was like it, it, there was a shift. Right. Um, right. Right. But I still ended up getting promoted and, and I got out from under that director like, you know, right. six months later, a year later. I can't right. remember what it was. But that was a that was a regrettable moment. Right. Right. Because not only did I come away saying, oof, 
not really liking how that response came. Right. Uh, but later on, like that next week at work, folks was like, oh, man, did you see the look on his face? <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. So I knew that I got the validation that I probably could have kept that one. You know. uh, but yeah, that was regrettable. Uh, <laughs> driving too long mm. on a road trip without taking a break. Right. Right. Oh, right. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And and dozing off at yeah. the wheel. Regrettable. Right. Not not an accident didn't happen, but I came so close right. that I'm like, oh, man, right. you need to stop. Right. You know, uh, those types of things have happened. Um, but, dude, I, I got so many, man. I mean, light and heavy. <laughs> right. Right. So financial mistakes, I can't even, you know, I can't even begin to explain. Like I used to, you know, growing up, I used to uh, balance my mom's checkbook. I paid bills for my mom. Right. But I never, like, I I didn't really get a grasp of how critical that was. It was just Mm. a task that I did for my mother. Right. right? Because she was working all the time. Right. And then when I got mine, like when I was in basic training, um, I got kudos for being able to balance my checkbook because when I was in basic training, the drill sergeants worked with you with your finances. They wanted to make sure these young children, these kids coming in weren't acting silly. And so I actually got kudos from the drill sergeant in front of our, uh, our squad, our platoon for my checkbook balancing because so many people were struggling to keep the checkbook balanced, but because of my experience up on my mom, I knew how to balance a checkbook. Wow. Okay. Get out of basic training. I threw the checkbook away. I was writing checks. Man, I got to Korea, uh, and my money was delayed. Oh, but I had checks. <laughs> so you gonna take, you gonna take this? I, right. I was like something happened, and my money wasn't catching up to me overseas. And but but I still had checks, and I needed stuff. Right. So I kept writing checks. Right. Kept writing right. them. Uh, and got to the point to where it came back to haunt me. It took like three months for me to recognize how I had overdrawn my account. And I'm thinking because it took like two months for me to to get my money in Korea. But I figured, well, you know what? The money's going to catch up to me and it'll it'll balance out. It'll balance out. It'll balance out, right. Nah, because I wasn't balancing my my checkbook, Uh it was not going to balance out. (laughs) Like I didn't carry the one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and i got to a point where i got in trouble when i, I don't know if i ever shared this this story with my mom <laughs> she's hearing this now for the first time uh, so when i was in korea like the like after about three months in korea i spent the next three months not being able to do anything financially having to live off my friends because i couldn't write a check because uh, my name had made a list of bad check writing <laughs> Uh, so it took me like three months to get off that list. So yeah, that happened. Well, you, you, you that dude where you go to the store, you see the checks up that these are the checks we ain't taking. <laughs> and I see those. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. Hey, I, listen, I was all the way overseas. I was 18 years old, and I saw everybody spending money. Right, and and I didn't have any. I'm like, I'm gonna write me a check. 
that happened. That happened. Wow. So, like, all right, just a quick reset. We want to thank you guys for watching the Brothers of Legacy. Um, today we're talking about living with consequences. You know, some of the the actions that we take. Um, you know, how do we? So, have you ever or been in a space where, you know, you you've done you've done it, but you've you've blamed external um, circumstances or people? Like, like you a hundred percent. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I give you ninety percent. <laughs> Someone else could have probably saved you had they done their part, <laughs> but most of it <laughs> was on you. You know, oh, like, like, uh, you know, signing the bad contract. They should have told me. Well, it was, it was in the contract. <laughs> you, you just didn't read. You know, oh. That person, you know, and if they're in a position to just gain from you signing, they can tell you the highlights of what they want you to know, you know, but the intricacies is up to you to read, you know. But of course, you're blaming them for giving you a bad contract when it was in black and white right there. It's probably right above your signature where it says you're going to owe if you do, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Um, so, had you ever, have you guys been in that position like, I know at least the, most of my life, like I'm never one to, to blame others. Like I'll, I'll crucify myself first, but there'll be moments like, you know, after you mull it over, it's kind of like, this is how I find my way out. But well, they should have, they should have told me, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, taking all this anger from myself and throwing ah, it somewhere else. Have you guys been in that position? Like, you know, just to, to, to put it off on someone else and not really take, responsibility for your actions the same way that i brag about myself when i do well right i beat myself down when i do wrong right so i never i've never really been the kind of person that put it off on somebody else okay. uh, i've had people say to me well you should have told me i'm like i should have told you <laughs> like you did this right. like you know i've so i've been on that side of it okay you know okay. um I've also felt like I'm like, hmm, you seem I hear your frustration, but it sounds like you're mad at me. You know, like, am I you know, like I'm supposed to have a different response to something you messed up on. Right. You know, uh, right. so, yeah, I've 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 never really been the kind of person to to point the finger okay. at anybody else. I think what I have done is is probably been harder on myself than I should have. Mm, OK. OK. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that there are certain things that I took hits for, and I think I stayed, I stayed in the dungeon of punishment too long. Right. I should have gotten over myself. I should have forgiven myself. Right. And chalk it up as a mistake. You know, you were young, that kind of thing. You know, because I think I have spent a lot of times. I mean, I've I've lived dangerously at times in my life, but I think I've spent far too much time. Uh, holding myself to something that I should have gotten over, should have forgiven myself. Wow. You know, I did a lot. I spent a lot of years doing that. And I'm talking about like uh, even, even coming to know the Lord, right. I had to learn to forgive myself. Uh, right. But that's why I think it's important that we understand how forgiving a God we have, mm. 
how much of a forgiving God is that we have, you know, uh, because when you understand the level of God's love for you, you can get over yourself. So no, I didn't, I, but I, again, to answer your question, I was, I, I probably uh, spent very little time blaming somebody else for my mess. Mm. Man, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hey, from the from the age of thirteen to twenty five, I was blaming everybody, and it was all my fault. You know what I'm saying? Uh like when you talk about somebody who did not mature in a timely manner, it was me. I, I, cause I was out like you talking about dangerous situations. From thirteen to twenty five, that's all I wanted. I wanted a dangerous situation. Hey man, why you going over there with these dudes and y'all know it's gonna be an issue? Right. Adrenaline pumping, ready, you know, so it's just yeah, but I'm blaming them if something happened. Yeah. Why you do that? <laughs> why you ain't come around the corner quicker? It was, it was, I'm, I'm just saying, but right, right. once I got to a point, once I got out of that environment, okay, when I saw the world differently, and I knew the world had more to offer, mm. and uh, and it was something that I could live for and a purpose, and right. I began to gain focus on, you know, what I'm saying like regular stuff, like okay, you really do need to start paying these bills, like okay, you got a light bill now. Right. You got a water bill. You got you, you got different because from thirteen to twenty five, I was just in the streets. Right. And you ain't had to. I ain't wasn't no bills and groceries and right. I ain't had to worry about you know what I'm saying like it was just I'm gonna go over such such house. I'm gonna crash. I'm gonna give me a hotel room. I'm gonna go. You know, it was just you know what I'm saying. You just moving fast. You right. Me? So yeah, from thirteen to twenty five, man, it was everybody else's fault. Wow. Yeah. It's your fault. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, didn't you say, aren't you the same brother that said you spent some time incarcerated? Yes. I find it interesting. <clears throat> it was a rhetorical question. I knew the answer. <laughs> I needed you to say it in order for me to say this. Go ahead. <laughs> there is a level of consistency with someone that has been incarcerated and that mindset of blaming somebody else. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When you when you think about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just I just I heard what you said and I'm just like, hmm. Right. Kaneem also said he spent time <laughs> locked up. Yeah, right. And I know of all the people that I've known in my life that have been locked up, they spend a lot of time blaming other people for their issues. Right. And, and most like I'm saying like all the guys that I knew were locked up, didn't start coming to grips with being their fault until they came out. Right. Right. Because right. when you're locked up, you can't blame anybody. Right. All you have is yourself in that six by nine and, and, and time to think. Right. Well, let me let me let me get a disclaimer. I spent okay. time in the county jail, not yeah. the state penitentiary. Let me yeah. let me let me let me get that. I never made it to the state penitentiary. Well, I wasn't trying to call you a felon. The county or jail I saw my face familiar, y'all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you said you said time incarcerated. You said yes, sir. time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, in a place where you couldn't just decide to leave if you wanted to go. 
Right. No, no, right. no, 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 no. Uh, and I'm saying, and there's levels to it. I'm just saying that to hear you say that, and I've heard from, and yeah, I wasn't trying to say you had been in prison, but I'm saying that I've heard a consistent pattern. Right. I mean, I agree. A consistent yeah. narrative with people, and and some, you know, it takes going to prison. Some it takes going to the to the boys' home. Some it takes going to the county jail. You right. know, some it takes a night in jail. Some, it takes a week in jail. Some, it takes a month in jail. Some, it takes 10 years in prison. Right. You know, some people get out and they still can, they go back in. I'm just saying that there is a, there's a consistency in that narrative. Right. right? Uh, and I thought, I thought that was interesting that you said that. Mm. Um, but, yeah. I, but I think when you, when you consider what happens to an individual that spends most of most of their life blaming something else right. for an internal thing that that they could have done differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always going to be a higher price, right? There's always going to be a loss of time, right? But it's not any different than when you spend too much time blaming yourself, mm. because right. there's still a consequence, there's still a loss of time, yeah. and there's still an impact of people around you, right? Right. right. Either way you look at it, it. Right. Either way you look at it, quality time is lost. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think um that's that's big because yeah, if you sit in a space where you're blaming yourself, you know, you're down, you know, like you're you're not accessible. Um, hey, let's go. Nah. <laughs> you know, like right. I don't I don't deserve it. <laughs> and that's like that's like little short bursts of depression. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I'm yeah. depressed for maybe 15, 20 minutes. Right. But then I'm good. You're almost in this like kind of like a bipolar state. Yeah. Right. Uh, let me get up out of this. But then now let me go back and woe it's me, right. woe it's me. So you said 15, 20 minutes. Some folks go through the in and out 15, 20 years. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't yeah. I can't say they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think um you know, you can get you can get stuck in a space where like you'll never do something again. You know, like you'll, you'll oh, okay. have opportunities because you messed up in a certain space. You know, you know, some people mess up relationally. I'm never gonna get into another relationship, you know, and they mm-hmm. they kinda it's like a death sentence on a particular space or like I'm never gonna do business again or um I don't because even if I have a partnership with somebody and I screw it up, you know, I'm never going to do a partnership with them because I can't I don't know how to do it right. <laughs> you know, like and and <laughs> never taking the plunge, never, you know, doing more than what you just normally do. But knowing that you want more, but you're afraid that I'm, I'm going to jack this up again. You know, yeah. I don't want to do the leadership position again because last time I messed it up. You know, like last time I made bad decisions, um, not realizing that, you know, things happen, you know, just things, things fall apart. We just, we can't. And it, and it's kind of like the, the other side of, of like living in regret, mm-hmm. um, living with a consequence or a decision that I've made and being stuck in that space, you know, yeah. never wanting to move because I made bad decisions or I made a bad, a bad decision. Um, and I think, uh, we, we, as people just need to be able to move forward. And like you said, you can't sit in it. And like you said, pastor, you sat in the dungeon way too long, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's like, I gotta go down there for a minute 
take my lashes and then move forward. You know, yeah. realize because you got to look at all like, OK, yeah, I did. I did this. but I might have connected to the wrong people as well to do yeah. this thing. So it's like this is what I did wrong and this is what I did wrong. Let's try not to do these two things again. Um, and but like you said, you can't like you said, can even going into the burst of the uh, the the burst of depression is like excited and thinking about like excited, <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's I, that's that's rough part. It's it's crazy, right? So I I oh you know being in in churches and ministries and stuff. Me and Sam has probably been a part. She always called me a a, a joint addict because <laughs> I like. You know, like if I always felt like I need to be a part of somebody's ministry or church. Granted, I think I jumped I think into the relationship too fast. <laughs> you know, and then so then it came to a point where I wasn't joining another church. <laughs> I, I got I was like, I ain't joining another church. I'm not being a part. I don't care what's going on. At least Jesus shows up and says, Come, my son, this is the place I'm never ever, never ever again, you know. And like you know, that's not good either. <laughs> you know, like, and like you see some great things. Oh, that's nice. Still not joining. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're helping men in relationship. We're doing great. That's good. I'll come, but I ain't joining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's that's part of my my issue right there, man. I, me and the wife. Well, the wife she always have been uh, since the day we met. Um, I guess tagging me along in our spiritual journey. So, but I would I wouldn't mind being having a certain, I guess, home right. as far as spirituality. Right. But yeah, but I, I I I think back to all the times when you talk about joining. I didn't join this church. Join. I was like, man, I didn't see all these con artists and all these cats up here in front of this podium. This just make me sick. Be like y'all just ridiculous, man. What is, what is, uh, you know, when, when you get up there and all you talk about is money, and I want to be a millionaire, and the, the congregation gonna make me a millionaire. You hold your microphone to the congregation, say, "Hey, man!" And I'm like, "What?" You telling them <laughs> like you're you in the back, like, say, "Yeah, I'm like you know, that's the price you're gonna be a millionaire." Like, I'm like, y'all gonna make like, say, hey, man. I was like, man, come on, man. I, I was ready. I already leave right then, but we still had. We it's like we had just got there, so we couldn't leave. I was like, that ain't what I. It's like my opinion. Right. When you up there and you preach to the congregation, you should be giving, not trying to receive. Yo, yo, you, you. At least, but I'm not a preacher, so okay. you know what I'm saying. But it was like you should be teaching a message, giving a message, right? Uh, sending a message, uh, right. Uh, right. Uh, giving a vision of a message, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But right. Right. when you just me, me, me on the podium, and then you got the whole congregation like like it's a concert. You know what I'm saying? Like pray for me. Y'all want me to be this? I know y'all want this from me. I say, well, man, maybe it was just that day, but I never went back to see if it was that just that day. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, it threw me off, turned me off from the get go. But I've been to a lot of churches, man, and, and, and most of them because when I was in Texas, I didn't go to church at all. Okay. But then when I met my wife, okay. well, I didn't say at all. When my granddaddy died, it was over with. So I got you. He, but anyway, when I got to Georgia, met the met the wife. You know what I'm saying? She was in it five days a week. 
I'm talking about church almost every day. It was only maybe one or two days a week she wasn't at church. So you. when we got together, I was like, I ain't got no problem with church. Right. I know the Lord. I, I didn't have my first communion. I didn't been baptized. So I kind of know two religions. <laughs> two religions. So I was just going with her as we were dating. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Every Sunday we had church. You know, we we gonna go try this church. What's the name? Wants to go over this church, and I'm now. I'm okay. not, not 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 disputing it. Right. But when I hear all these people, I'm like, did you get a message out of that? Because the message I got was, can you break down what you heard? Right. I'm gonna break right. down what I heard. I got you. And so that, but I'm still looking. You know what I'm you. doing? Okay. <laughs> I see that little insignia on your shirt. <laughs> you ain't got to put your body in an awkward position for me to see that. I got you. <laughs> hey, we will. We gonna come visit your church too. Huh? Just every for clarity, time, everybody. Every time, every time you, we you go brought... to your church, it's always for an event. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I can't even say church. We just every time we see you, it's at an event. Right. You're doing something for the community or that, but I ain't never really been to a service. Right. You understand what I'm saying? He said, oops. <laughs> Sit on down, man. <laughs> now, for clarity. Yeah, I ain't got to say nothing. It's, you know, for, for where Kaneem lives and, our, and the ministry's at, it's not like around the corner. Um, so it, it is a is a little bit of a hike. So we'll. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it. I find it. I, I hear what you're saying, man. And I hear this so often, bro. Uh, and what's what's really sad is that's not everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and and for the people that where that's not the case, because that's not the case, you're not as popular. The churches that are preaching the word aren't the popular churches. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Creflo. I haven't been to uh, Eddie Long. I haven't been to all these big mega churches. See, listen, I'm I'm, I'm listening to you. So I've been to Creflo. I've been to Eddie Long. That, that segment, what when when listen, when Kaneem, when you say Creflo, you you need to rewind back and just see how Pastor's face just changed. Like I'm not gonna say it on camera, but <laughs> I don't listen. I don't have I have nothing to say uh, with regards to no. Uh, to the man, to Creflo Indeed. Dollar, to to uh, Jamal Bryant, I think they've done some remarkable things. But yes. you know, when you talk about trying to get a word, you know, it's Creflo preaches every week. Jamal Bryant preaches, I, I would imagine, almost every week. You know, because there's always a constant rotation of, of special guests coming in. You know, uh, over there. But I'm just saying, when you when you're operating on that level, it's a it's a production. Mm. you know uh and and the salvation is not in the production right right it's it's after the benediction and and that's what i think most people like like you're not gonna get like the the bible defines preaching as folly it's it's to captivate the listener to, to to draw you in so that I can reach you, so that the Lord can can contact, make a connection with you. You know, what, what people don't realize 
is, you know, when you go to pre you go to a service every week and the preacher's talking about, you know, making money and, and building your business and all of that, you know, that's not salvation. That's life. That's somebody trying to build and, and expand your life. Right. Uh, but on Sunday, you know, I look at Sunday as an opportunity to win a soul to Christ. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I look at Tuesday as an opportunity to increase your knowledge of the word of God. Right. And then, you know, Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you know, we can talk about life and what's going on in your house, your business and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to use Sunday morning to tell you that you can be successful in business. I don't want to use Sunday morning to tell you that you could be a millionaire. And far too many preachers do that. And when you do that, you lose people. Right. You know, you got one opportunity to speak a message to somebody's heart and try to reach them. Yesterday, I preached a message about taking flight. Right. Right. And I and my words and I said this, I'm going to quote myself. If you have the wrong flight plan, if Jesus is not the author of your flight plan, your destination is going to be hell. Right. Right. That's going to make you think about your spiritual life. And you ain't thinking about how much money you got in the bank. You think about, oh, Lord, I need to get to heaven. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. See, to me, that's what Sunday, and I don't want to turn this into something else, but, you know, uh, I have. Like we're talking about living with consequences. The church lives with the consequence of preachers preaching prosperity. Yeah, indeed. The church is suffering the consequences of that. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, but there are church. The church is also the institution of the church is also suffering the consequences of preaching salvation. Right. Because anybody trying to hear about going to heaven. Right. A lot of people believe that they're going to heaven. Right. A lot of preachers. Right. Who ain't going, believe they're going. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I'm saying is like we what I love about this, all of like I, I heard what you said, man. Um, you know, we all have to we're all going to be held accountable for for how we live and, and what we have done. Yes. You know, um, but but I would say this. I would say that I'd rather live with the consequence of of preaching the gospel and, and simplifying the word of God than any amount of money that anybody could ever pay me or that I could encourage you to go get. Uh, right. That's, that's what I want to be known for. Right. Uh, so I'm going to give it back to the man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it that's, that's, that's good. It just, you know, going back to like how we got into the conversation, um, you know, you just, you just have to be open to knowing, like, you know, knowing that, your word is out there, you know, your space is out there. Um, and sometimes um, we might scrutinize too hard of a small piece of something. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know, um, and, 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 tr and just as a sign, I'm not saying any place you've been was the right place or was the wrong place. Um, but, you know, like, you know how you know how like you go someplace and um you're like yeah we about to go somewhere and, and some negative Nancy's like well you're not gonna have a good time right <laughs> you know like oh it's never it's not gonna work you know or someone come with you somewhere and they're like oh this is gonna be a scam and they go in with the scam mindset they're looking for any piece that sounds like a scam 
any piece that they can kind of turn it around. Um, and that's not just you going to church. That's for a lot of opportunities. Like, you know, if something went wrong in one space, you go in looking for the same wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah. What you, well, I love what you're saying, man. I, I've learned this. Uh, when you seek the Lord, you'll find him. Right. Right. There, there is somebody under the leadership of that church where the pastor's name is Creflo Dollar. There's somebody, there are right. people under that leadership yeah. that are anointed people of God that are living right. a life that are going to break he heaven wide open. Right. You know, there are people over the other, there are many churches that have a prosperity ministry that where people are in that church and they say sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and, right. and living a life worthy of, 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 of God to brag about. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also churches where they preach nothing but the gospel truth and yeah. the devil sitting out there in the in the pew. Yeah, indeed. Um, pretending. Definitely. Right. Definitely. So and, and, and all I'm saying is you if you if you go into a church looking for the Lord, mm -hmm. I believe you'll find him. Definitely. If you if you go in looking for distractions, you'll find those too. That's that's what I believe. Uh, I think that uh, I think that a lot of the the mistakes that we make in life, uh, obviously, is because of the the motive that we have on the inside. A lot of the mm -hmm. regrets that I have in life are because I went into something wrong. Can't hear you, bro. Can you hear me? Then, yeah, we can't. Hear you. We can't hear you now. Nope. Oh, oh we lost him. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know, like just as as true for what you're seeking in God is true for what you're seeking in the relationship, you know, uh, which is true for what you're seeking in business, you know, what is your what are you looking for? You know, what do you well I, I feel Kaneem because Kaneem is the kind of brothers like, look, give me some truth. I, yeah. I want to come in here and I want to hear some truth. And and he's one of the like the, the greatest part about his life, about his his spirit is he's very discerning. Yeah. Yeah, right. Definitely. You know, when you're full of mess and when you and, and right. when you're being real. Right. right. Um, his words would be game recognize game. Yeah. Right. I, that's just another way of talking about, you know, spiritual discernment. Right. You know, sometimes we have spiritual discernment, but we call it something else. Right. Right. Um, and he has real discernment. He could tell he could feel truth and he could feel falsehood. Um, and and so. A guy like Kaneem going and trying to find something that's going to help him. Right. And if you playing, if you clowning, he's going to call you a clown and he's right. not going to want to have anything else to do with you. Right. You don't get many chances with brothers like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about, again, brother's legacy. My watch is dead, so I don't know what time it is. <laughs> we were talking about the living with consequences. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys for being here and being a part. Uh, so, in in all, the thing is, like we talk about living with consequences. Um, there is always, you know, when things go wrong, when you wanted them to go right, like past in the situation at work. <laughs> and, and like I said, he wasn't sure if he was on the table to look for any opportunities to get something. He hey, just knew man. at that moment, if if my man was the gatekeeper, it probably wasn't happening at least for a season. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, got over that embarrassment moment. Um 
So appreciate you, Lisa. Um, but the thing is, the key is not to sit in a, in a regretful place, not to beat yourself up into, you know, where you can't move forward, where you can't, where you won't make that decision again when presented with an opportunity. You know, you yeah. don't want to sit in stagnation in, in particular areas because something goes wrong. And I get it. Like, if it comes Did you to say stagnation event, instead of stag- stagnation? Stagnation, stag- stag- stagnation, stagnation. <laughs> yeah. You know, and here, Brothers Legacy, we like to create new words. <laughs> Martin, now you know that's not a word. <laughs> um, so, so, but basically, you know, don't you don't want to get stuck. Don't get stuck. And and I get like if it's your first time investing in something like and you invest in somebody you feel like it's solid and they run off with your money <laughs> you're like I'm never gonna invest in anybody else again you just got to write off I just made a bad judgment I just listen it looked good you know and and sometimes honestly sometimes there aren't always clear warning signals can I say something go ahead I know I'm long winded man but. <laughs> You're you're not going to be successful without mistakes. Right. Right. Like you that's it. The the greatest day of my life is when I actually came up for air Mm. and got over myself. Right. 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 It it did two things. It let me know I did not have to die in my mistake. Right. But it also let me know that it won't be the last time I make a mistake. Right. 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 And, and right. some of the, the, the harshest consequences is harboring unforgiveness for yourself. Or right. for somebody that's not valuable enough for you to be harboring it. No one is worth harboring unforgiveness. Right. Ooh. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and being able to live with the consequences of your actions only makes you stronger. Right. When you can recognize and accept the consequences of a bad decision or mistake that you've made it to your point, it it's an enabler for going higher in life. Right. 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 A lot of our consequences are regrettable. Absolutely. Yeah. But they're not. And some of them are life changing, life impacting. Absolutely. Indeed. But. When you continue to grow and continue to evolve, it just right. makes you better. And and I think it was Richard who said he's wiser now. Right. Uh, it it makes you wiser. It right. it enables you to think better and more critically when you're making decisions in your future. So right. uh, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with living. See, I'm being long with it. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's successes in the mistakes. You learn. You grow. You develop. And you keep trying. You keep if trying. You ain't you failing. You ain't trying. Right. There it is. Yeah. You ain't failing. You ain't trying. Fail forward. Right. Yes, sir. All right. So we appreciate you guys for rocking and hanging with us. Um, my podcast people, thank you for listening all the way through. Continue to share. Continue to let everybody know that the Brothers of Legacy are on. Um, we got things happening this year, but just just stay hang on. Find out. Stay connected. Text LWN to 84576. Text LWN to 84576. Never miss a broadcast. Speaking of Legacy Walker broadcast, uh, network broadcast, uh, tonight at 8 p.m., we have Purpose for Forever. 
Um, I won't say what we're talking about because it might change. But because <laughs> I got my board up there, I got it written. But you know, we've been talking, we've been going back and forth on some topics. So definitely check us out um, and and be a part of our conversation. All right. So we look forward to seeing you same time, same place. Continue to be safe, do the right thing, and know that we love you, but God loves you more. And we'll see you in the AM. Peace out. As always, we love you. Uh, know that God loves you more. Stay safe. Thank you.